Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, good morning, Fred. We seem to be doing this almost every day now. <laughs> <laughs> or close to it. Well, there's a lot to talk about. First up in this edition, we're diving into a report from Waymo on its early rider program one year in. As the Alphabet subsidiary, that also uh, means Google, I suppose, says over 400 riders with diverse transportation needs use Waymo every day at any time to ride all around the Phoenix area. Alan, you like to talk about the good news first. Yes, I think, uh, my goodness, it's really good. Uh, they've had their, their, they completed their first year of having the uh, these uh, vehicles out there uh, actually providing real rides to real people. Um, for much of that, it was done with a uh, with an attendant on board or a driver on board. Uh, they then, uh, I guess, first moved the driver from <clears throat> from behind the steering wheel, maybe, and then uh, put him in, put him or her in the back seat. And then eventually, uh, last uh, March, they announced that uh, they were doing it um, without any drivers. Uh, so they've obtained a, a great deal of experience. Uh, 400 riders is, um, you know, um, not that many, but it's at least 400. They, they, they claim they've had applications from, I don't know, 20,000 people uh, to, to ride. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, this is, um, this is a beginning. Are they happy? Well, uh, let's listen to a clip featuring some of those riders from the, from the Waymo posting. There was one Waymo ride. I believe it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning. We were, I think we we're going to a friend's house and we drove by a, this a residential neighborhood. There was with kids, families around. And I wasn't paying too much attention to the car. I noticed it stopped all of a sudden. I was like, why? A child had run out from between some cars onto the road, and the car noticed it and stopped faster than I could have ever reacted. What's surprising is the way that the car sees everything, everything around you. It's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. So. <laughs> I don't have to have teenagers out driving around in a $50,000 piece of equipment that I have to insure and worry about, worry about that and worry about them. At no point have I felt unsafe in the car or uncertain i had never wanted to own a car and it, but i grew up in a place where i was required to have one it was a required skill for survival now i get to live in the world where it's not required i don't have to put myself at risk i don't have to put other people at risk so after work a couple minutes before i leave i'll usually call my waymo i can see exactly when waymo's going to be coming i can see the map where they are so i know when to walk outside and when I'll be good. It was just to see the car doing what it needed to do with no one at the helm. It's just it felt like my, my, my childhood dreams are starting to come true. Waymo, by the way, says it's continuing to take applications for its early rider program. And we know, Alan, they've got lots of vehicles on order to expand this uh, there and, and elsewhere. But in the latest edition of the Smart Driving Car Newsletter, 
you find something wrong with this picture? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that they haven't tested is, is a shared riding uh, aspect of this. Uh, this has been uh, for individuals or or in uh, groups uh, of uh, of uh, well connected individuals uh, riding and um, uh, i guess that's good uh, but if um, if this kind of service is really going to provide um uh, efficient mobility especially uh, with respect to opportunities of of addressing congestion, energy, pollution, and those kinds of things, uh, they're going to have to start uh, seeing how they can operate these things uh, so that they uh, they can serve um, shared rides, um, uh, non-connected uh, people uh, just riding together. Uh, to me, that's uh, that's a very interesting um, uh, aspect of this. Um, to what extent can they uh, both match uh, riders uh, so they match people who not only are coming from the same place, going to the same place at about the same time, but also um, will uh, get along or will not not get along uh, during the ride. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, they have so much information on their on their riders. Their application process requires them to know a, a great deal about the riders, and and these are their customers. Uh, so one can absolutely expect that these people will behave. I guess you know one of the, hopefully one of their questions on their applications is uh, when you ride in this, are you going to behave? Um, and, um, 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 so, uh, they, there shouldn't be any problems and it would be certainly very nice, uh, if they were to, uh, to, uh, try some of these things and, and get on with it. You know, they're saying though, that, uh, the riders range in age from even the, as young as nine years old. So I guess you can understand parents maybe not wanting the uh, nine-year-old in vehicles with with strangers but but the the whole ride sharing aspect has has got to be there for all of this to succeed right well uh, you know i guess uh parents can ask their their children to not be with with other either children or adults uh maybe they'll mix children in this uh, depending on who wants the rides or or again <clears throat> They have enough information on the people to be able to determine whether or not uh, they're going to uh, they're going to be mischievous or not. And uh, I guess uh, you get one shot. You do that, it, it, you don't get to ride anymore. Um, and uh, in some sense, this is what Lyft, Uber, and Didi do. Uh, uh, you register, they track you, they uh, they the drivers rate you. Uh, they're going to have enough telemetry in these vehicles that they'll be able to rate the the um, uh, the behavior of each individual that's in there. I, I'm sure they do right now. Uh, so, uh, hey, if you want to be, if you don't want to behave, uh, the toy gets taken away. Um, it's um, it's very simple, at least in my mind. Now, last in our last podcast, we talked about the California PUC. Uh, their their move in in not allowing 
the ride sharing in what's going to be going on in, in California. And you raise the question in this newsletter, in your new newsletter, of whether or not maybe Waymo perhaps played a role in that decision. Well, I don't know. As I, as I read the, the Waymo announcement, I said, oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, of course, they were lobbying the, the, the California Public Utilities Commission uh, in, in its preparation of its rulemaking and, and, um, and decision. And, and, uh, my, I, given the way they've tested it in Arizona, I can't imagine that the lobbyists were saying, Oh, hey, uh, California Public Utilities Commission, uh, please, uh, let's, uh, let's have, uh, let's make sure you allow us to share rides. Uh, I'm sure. Sh- it didn't do that. Uh, what did they do? Did they say, oh, by the way, um, uh, we want to keep this for the individual um, uh, people that are already uh, entitled and and uh, and privileged? I, I don't know. That, that's I, I think I'm being a little harsh, but just well, raising the question. Well, in uh, in the last uh, in the last edition we talked about, uh, we pointed out that Waymo's head of local policy, Ellie Casson, speaking at the Innovation and Impact Summit, said Waymo is pursuing a ride sharing or mobility as a service approach. So maybe there will be some changes. Uh, They've said ride sharing in the past, but uh, you know what they say versus what they do, and and uh, it doesn't. <laughs> From, from all that they've written about what they've done in Arizona, ride sharing has not been uh, a central part of what they've done. Uh, and it, it, at some point, it, I think it really needs to be. In the beginning, uh, one doesn't have as many opportunities because one's serving just a, a fraction of the market. So the opportunities uh, to ride share are not there. Uh, but ride sharing is not having uh, a couple riding in the back seat together. Uh, that's not ride sharing. <clears throat> that's basically, you know, uh, uh, one vehicle that uh, would have been taken off the road that is now replaced with a, a Waymo vehicle. Ride sharing is having uh, two um, uh, otherwise unrelated people. Uh, who just happen to be going from the same place uh, to about the same place at about the same time, saying <clears throat> instead of us uh, each taking a vehicle, uh, why don't we get together and uh, cut the energy in half, cut the pollution in half, cut the cost in half, and let's go together. And to uh, what extent have they started doing that, <clears throat> and, not, and doing that not only with two but with three? One doesn't want them to do it with 50 people. That's what mass transit does. In places where you have 50 people who can travel together, hey, there's bus service already out there. Uh, the value of this is to serve uh, the demand where there are only the onesie twosies. And, and uh, thereby, if you can get uh, two people that would have taken two cars to only take one car, the implication is really large. Uh, you cut energy in half, you cut pollution in half, you um, um, reduce congestion, and 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 the cost comes down in half. So there are these enormous, uh, at least public sector advantages of doing that. Fundamentally, you know, this isn't the rocket science. 
Uh, this is fundamental, um, you know, kindergarten uh, uh, objectives and, and, and approaches. And let's do it. And certainly, as you mentioned, Google is, is a company that, that has the data here to be able to pull it off. Uh, a court filing you mentioned in the newsletter says Google has now spent $1.1 billion on this uh, self-driving tech. Yeah, well, that was at least uh, what they, uh, I hadn't seen it. I guess I need to, I need to be more current. Uh, but this is one of the testimonies uh, that came out um, in the uh, in this suit with uh, with <laughs> Uber, and uh, apparently that 1.1 billion is the amount that they spent from the beginning through 2015. And given <clears throat> that uh, that it was um, uh, Waymo that was trying to establish um, the size of the damages. Uh, one can imagine that that 1.1 billion included absolutely everything that was spent uh, at, at Google Alphabet that had anything to do with with this uh, particular effort. So the development of their own lidar, <clears throat> the design of their own vehicle, uh, the software, the, the people, the marketing, the uh, probably the establishment of the. Uh, of the company Waymo, the, the lobbying, the lawyers. Uh, so it comes out to, you know, 1.1 billion, at least through 2015, which, which I think we could uh, establish is, is a ceiling on what they spent. But my goodness, uh, what a great investment of 1.1 billion. Uh, can you imagine? Um, it only takes 1.1 billion to basically place you and launch you in the lead, uh, to be able to address a $10 trillion a year worldwide market. <sighs> Boy, I'd love to have a piece of the investment in that 1.1 billion. Has anything uh, been that, that uh, productive? So, um, while the number might seem a little bit big, it is, it is, you know, minuscule uh, compared to what they've accomplished with that 1.1 billion, and 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 to their credit, so uh, kudos to them. And talking about investments, the Economist, in the meantime, has an article titled "The Market for Driverless Cars Will Head Towards Monopoly." It talks about SoftBank of Japan's more more than two billion dollar investment in GM and uh, its self driving venture. Right. So, you know, here, here's SoftBank to get a piece of uh, number two and a distant number two. Uh, and to get in there late, uh, they had to put in, you know, twice what, uh, what the uh, Waymo put in. Uh, again, uh, kudos to Google Waymo. Yeah. And at the same time, Bloomberg's reporting that GM is having uh, discussions internally about maybe doing a public offering. Uh, of shares of the cruise self-driving unit. Well, again, uh, you know, SoftBank goes in and parks 2.25 million. Do you want to park it in the whole GM, or do you want to park it in a in the, the piece of GM that could explode? Um, um, uh, having uh, having uh, you'll have a bigger piece of that little thing that's going to explode. So, yeah, I'm. I don't know whether or not SoftBank is influential on in that uh, in that initiative or not, but um, I, you can imagine that they must be. Well, that Economist piece talked about uh, 
the possibility of of monopolies here. Uh, and you had some thoughts about that. Is it, you know, whether or not some of these startups are going to be closed out, bought up, and whether it's going to be a monopolistic kind of thing. And you kind of liken this whole area to utility. Well, hey, transportation is, um, in a large, in many sense, a utility. Uh, you know, uh, basically, it's um, you, you provide the infrastructure, and a lot of people can take care of, uh, can can use it, and and so. Uh, the fact that the, that that's its fundamental nature, transportation fundamentally is 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 a is really a utility. Um, and here it's even uh, with respect to uh, having a service providing mobility, and especially looking towards the ride sharing aspect. Um, uh, if you have two companies competing uh, for the for the rides and two people are going from a, from about the same place to about the same place at about the same time. Then instead of the two people sharing a ride, uh, one goes with one company, the other one goes with another company. It makes ride sharing uh, and the, the, the public benefits associated with ride sharing, the public benefits being, being uh, more affordability, uh, congestion reduction, uh, energy reduction, pollution reductions dissipate. So, in fact, the way, the way that that you you even stimulate these is through basically utility type approaches to this thing. You carve up the market in some way such that. <clears throat> There is an entity uh, that provides that mobility um, uh, itself uh, to the to the customers uh, to be able to take um, take a, uh, advantage of of these uh, societal opportunities. And so, um, yes, um, uh, a monopoly might be that way. I mean, you look at New York City. Uh, the yellow cab industry uh it's basically a utility it's you know it's it, it, the one that were probably they had the the exclusive charter to provide the mobility uh, that form of mobility in the city at least until uber and lyft showed up um and uh, um uh, or even taxis in princeton um, they are really a utility and, 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 and have a charter. And you look at how uh, public transit has evolved. Um, uh, it started out as, as a number of independent private companies that eventually completely merged and, 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 and formed a utility or, or what could be called a utility. Um, unfortunately, their economics was so bad that they ended up needing public support. Um, uh, don't think that that's, that's in the future for these simply because, um, uh, the major expense, um, after capitalization is, uh, is uh, a little bit of fuel and, um, and computers and, and which, of course, uh, thanks to Moore's law have been, uh, uh, treating us extremely well over the past um, 50 years. So um, uh, one has um, some real opportunities here. Interesting. There is still competition from startups, though. A Voyage has introduced the G2 autonomous vehicle. Uh, they've partnered with Enterprise to grow their fleet of vehicles. That's Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you may know them. Uh, and... 
they planned a lease and then retrofit. Voyage is testing, as we know, in, in the villages in Florida. We heard from them at the, at the recent summit you had. So tell us what your thoughts are here. Well, you know, they're, they're basically piggybacking a little bit on what Waymo has done because they've chosen the Pacifica, the Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler Pacifica as, as the base. Uh, there's been some discussion uh, suggesting that uh, while uh, Fiat Chrysler itself isn't necessarily one of the leaders in providing self-driving vehicles out there in the marketplace, not like Mercedes and, and GM and Tesla with autopilot, uh, but in fact, maybe they're the ones that are going to produce uh, the vehicles, uh, basically uh, make them um, uh, uh, create a commodity out of the vehicles and sell the, the base vehicles to anybody uh, to then slap on their um, automated, uh, their, their sensor package and, and computer package and create the driverless vehicles. So this is what Voyage has done. Uh, they've uh, partnered, uh, I guess, with Enterprise as a, as a financing agent uh, with respect to the acquisition of the, that the capital uh, uh, associated with the um, with the vehicles. And um, uh, I guess Enterprise is a good partner. Enterprise was one of the early investors in, in uh, Mobileye. Um, uh, they have as their motto, motto uh, you know, that they'll bring the vehicle uh, to you, uh, which really end up, ends up requiring them two people to do that. Uh, be a heck of a lot more efficient if the vehicle could go to you uh, directly and then you ride around it. And in fact, when you're done riding around with it, it can go, you know, serve somebody else. So in a sense, you know, enterprise um, uh, is is a player in this space, so it's it's not really surprising that the that Voyage teamed up with enterprise. And there's probably much more to the deal uh, that basically will allow enterprise to uh, to really um, evolve <clears throat> its um, its uh, car rental or its its making vehicles available business. Uh, to basically uh, go to uh, providing mobility as a service, um, and uh, Voyage being the uh, um, the intelligence and and sensor package uh, that um, that does the driving for them. Right, because obviously, if all of this uh, happens the way uh, we all envision it, uh, the rental car business, the way we know it today, um, would be, I guess, an endangered species. <laughs> Uh, absolutely endangered. I mean, why would you rent one to drive one when uh, one can just show up and take you and and then you don't have to deal with it? So uh, I'm, I'm sure, of course, Enterprise sees it, sees it very well, has seen it for a number of years now. And, uh, you know, they position themselves with respect to car sharing and, and other things. Um, but this is, um, this is again, jumping back in, they, they like, sold their, well, when mobile, I was sold, they, they ended up, you know, cashing in on the, on the, on the sale of mobile, acquisition of mobile by Intel. Um, but this is, um, this is another, um, uh, putting their toe into the water again and, um, and doing it with Voyage seems like a, a very good uh, group to do it with. Well, finally, uh, a story from Bloomberg. Uh, it's 
headlined Ford Unit Teams with Startup Developing Ways for Self-Driving Cars. $9 million uh, from Sequoia Capital here involved. I mean, you know, that's so 20 years ago. I don't know, whatever. That's, we were doing that 20 years ago. Um, I, I'm so surprised that there's a startup now wanting to, you know, do again what is, uh, what is basically out there on the shelf. Uh, for everybody to use, but um, um, maybe they have a separate spin, and um, and I guess uh, the amount of money isn't all that much. Uh, but um, but um, maybe they're hiring people. Um, uh, but it's something that I hope uh, all my students could do almost as homework. But whatever, um, my students should be able to do very well in the marketplace. Well, and and there's a new graduating uh, crop out there now, and. Uh... Hopefully they're going to solve all these problems that, that we've been talking about. Well, I, if there's anybody who's, who's capable, might be capable of solving them, they probably can. They're, they're very good. And, and, of course, a number of them are in the industry making it happen. So um, it's really, uh, really nice to see. Um, there are We still have an enormous amount to do. We're only at the beginning. There are only 400 people in in. Uh, Arizona that that are that are using this service, but um, <clears throat> given uh, what's been acquired and what uh, the deals that are being made, um, uh, the viral growth is with us. And on that note, that's it for this edition. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com on iTunes, Google Play, and more, even on your Amazon Alexa. Look for my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Have a great weekend and thanks for listening.